My name is Jordan and I am a drug addict. Um, uh, brief history of me without getting into the whole long story that would be, would be uh, I was born to a single mom. My father was not around. So my first sense of community was not like many others because my mom was the first of her friends to have a kid and my father wasn't around. I was flaunted around to all of her friends, you know what I mean, and all that. And then my mom's friends started having kids. Well, the eight people I grew up with early on all had their fathers in their life. So right off the bat, the community I was in felt very different than the people I was growing up. Um, uh, I was too young to know, but my fear of inadequacy and fear of not belonging and uh, fear that it was my fault definitely were planted early. Um, my childhood was great. Communities I was a part of, uh, I grew up in the country. So the road we lived on, everybody was friends. We all did things together. Um, and it was great. I had a lot of friends, but, um, there is no high school in the country. So I would have to go to the city. So when I moved to the city, that community I grew up with, we all went our own ways and, uh, didn't keep in contact. So, um, Another one I was in, I used to play travel hockey a lot, and uh, I was friends with everyone on the team. We would have barbecues, stuff like that. Um, so these two communities were great until I moved to the city. And then with hockey, it got to a point where I couldn't play AAA. I was not good enough. And um, yet again, all these people that I had made contact with and, you know, stuff like that. I, it was essentially redacted. It was erased. So, uh, you know, I always wanted to be a part of something um, because everything I was a part of would be essentially gone. And um, when you're a young kid, that's hard to, hard to understand. Um, I didn't understand why my father wasn't around. And unfortunately, when you're a young kid, and you ask your mother where your father is, how does a mother explain to a six-year-old and then when he's eight years old and then when he's 10 years old, because I kept asking. And the answers were always different as I got older. So uh, yeah, then high school comes around and I wanna fit in. And uh, what I seemed was the easiest path to go down was to hang out with the drug addicts and the alcoholics. Now to hang out with them, all you gotta do is do drugs or do alcohol. But little did I know how hard and dark that path would be. Um, you know, initially it was easy to get in, but uh, it was really hard. But by the grace of God, I, I got out of that path. Um, so yeah, then I became a drug addict and um, everything I was seeking for in life, I would seek through the wrong people. I was, because my father was not in my life, I was seeking relationships with males that were the weren't weren't role models right and they were tor it was torturing mentally and physically to me and um you know but I went with it because there was that false sense of community a false sense of being loved and stuff like that um so yeah my addiction got really bad and like I tell a lot of people my mental obsession with my drug of choices was like, it was pretty crazy when I look back at it now, but luckily through conscious contact with God, that has been removed. I had a situation happen where I was able to identify what the old me would have did in that choice, but uh, I just laughed at myself, essentially.
Um, I became prey of fear, depression, full of self-loathing and selfishness. Um, next thing you know, the next community I was thrusted into and uh, it was jail. Um, I went to jail. Now jail is a community in itself and it's one heck of a community. There's rules, politics, bunch of craziness and it's forced. Once you're in there, you are not getting out till your time is served. And uh, the honest to God worst part of jail was that you can't stick out. You need to fit in or you're going to get hammered down. So I had to become many things that I wasn't. I had to talk a certain way. I had to act a certain way. And in, in like, I, I've spent three to four years of my life in jail. And that three to four years really took a toll on my identity. I didn't know who I was. So how can I, how can I become part of a community if I don't even know my own identity? So, yeah, uh, like I said, I fit in because I had to. Um, so then it became, uh, well, I got to go to jail, so I go. Um, so, yeah, like I said, the jail community was forced and the others were severed when um, the other communities I was part of. Oh, I moved away. You're no longer part of us. You're out. Um, it, it was almost like a one-way contract where if I screw up or I move on, we're done with you. No more. Stuff like that. And uh, I, I tend to wasn't very good at relationships. Um, so my addiction was me and a stronghold that I built to keep others out. Even though deep down I wanted community, I built up these walls to protect myself. These walls served a great purpose, but they also served a very terrible purpose, which was keeping me locked inside and imprisoning me. And it's one thing to be in a cell and you can see the bars. The other is sitting in a cell. You can't see the bars and think you're free, you know? And uh, so my mom and my grandma are still around. Um, the only community that has been with me, um, even though I was very tough to be with. Um, and then one day I find out that my mother and my grandma, they both got cancer, terminal cancer. We found out within a month's time. Um, I didn't, I didn't process that. I didn't know what that meant. Like I thought like that they're not going to die. You know, like if, if I'm still alive after overdose and all this, like I think they can beat this. So I, I didn't, didn't do much about it. Um, but unfortunately that all changed one day when my mom went to the hospital and my mom did not come back home and uh i didn't know how to process that even if i did know how to my grandma was sick so we had to take care of her so i couldn't do that so i still had my grandma and um me and my grandma were really close not that me and my mom were really close but my mom worked my mom was a single mom she worked three jobs she didn't want to be on welfare she wanted to show me a good work ethic and in doing that, she sacrificed a lot of time with me early on. So I spent that with my Nana. So two months go down, three months go down the line. Now my grandma has passed. And now I feel very alone. Like the only community I had is gone. And um, I just remember after my when my mom died, I did not cry. When my grandma died, I did not cry until four months after I wake up one day and I'm crying. And for like a month, I am crying. And I am a sensitive guy, but like a month long of constant crying is even for a sensitive guy is a little much. 
so I felt alone, um, you know, and there were people around me that knew me from my upbringing, knew my mom and dad, and they would walk up to me and would be like, hey, Jordan, how are you doing? And I'd be like, oh, I'm fine. And like, there'd be this look of relief on their face because they're like, oh, great, he didn't, he didn't open the can of worms. You know what I mean? Like, dude, there was a lot of people around me that um, felt like they had to ask me how I was doing. But when I said I was doing fine, they were relieved, even though deep down I was not doing fine. So uh, I didn't trust people. Um, because my mom lied to me when I was younger, all females to me would lie. And because my father was non-existent in my life, all males were going to either abandon me or just never show up. So, uh, yeah, I, I just, it got worse and worse. One day I meet these two people because I passed out on their business step. Um, she comes to wake me up um, and I have no clue what's going on. I run away because I think she's going to call the cops. My girlfriend who was with me stayed there and called me and told me that, hey, uh, you need to come back. And in my head, I'm like, did I forget something? She's like, no. Um, she's like, this lady brought us food. I was like, oh, well, that's great. I don't trust it. Like I said, I don't trust people. I don't trust anybody. Um, I don't even trust myself. And then like half an hour later, my stomach is growling. I'm starving and I'm willing to meet this lady for some food because I'm hungry. Um, I was getting something out of it, you know, and I could go on for hours about the relationship with them, but the, the short story of it is they were willing to love me. If I was doing good, if I was doing bad, even if uh, it came to be my funeral, they said they would love me at my funeral and after my funeral. Um, but like I said, I did not trust that because all my experiences before with community, I was going to be hurt, you know, and uh, they would talk about uh, God a couple times to me, like subtly, because the way the relationship, the way this community with them started was I would be up for a week on a bender. I now need, I'm starving. I need something to eat. So I would like call her and be like, hey, I'm hungry. I just want food, you know? And um, I would come, they would feed me amazing food and I would be, you know, looking down the whole time. Um, I, I had no identity. I had no, I had no self anything, but I, I just, I hated myself. And they wanted to hear my story and I'm like, okay, well, why does anyone want to hear my story? So they hear my story and then the same thing, they help me out. Um, so they, they started a community that I was a part of with no conditions. You know, they were, they were going to help me any way they could. They weren't going to enable me, but they were going to help me. And um, I didn't trust that. I always used to say in my head, like something is wrong with these people. They're going to hurt me. And it took about a year of me going back to them, literally just going back to them for water, food, a uh, place to sleep. You know, I, I tried going to them for money once. They're like, that's not what we'll help you with, but we'll help you with other things. And, um, you know, I wanted to get help, but they couldn't help me. They didn't know how, um, like most people in my life, they didn't know how, but they were willing to walk with me on the path to find what's going to help me. So um, I'm sitting in jail again, 
And I, I make a decision. I want to get help, not to get out of jail, because at this point I'd racked up a bunch of charges and um, <laughs> I don't know how much time I was looking at, but I, I was luckily able to be released as long as I found a treatment center. And um, I found one, Jericho Road. Uh, the first one I applied to, I got denied. I thought, okay, that's different. But um, I believe that was that was God's plan for me because I went to Jericho. And when I got to Jericho, it's all male program. I do not trust males because they are all going to abandon me and not be around. But every day, the same workers would come in. They would sit down and talk with me um, and stuff like that. So eventually, I knocked down those walls that... I put up to stop people from getting to me. And I, I would have thought that would be liberating to knock down those said walls, but it felt more like an invasion. I could not tell the difference between good or bad. I was not strong enough to not let others hurt me. But uh, luckily at Jericho Road, they do uh, 12 steps. So I read this book, this book led me to the Bible, which led me to God. Now. Because my identity was so lost in all the stuff that I did, I didn't know who I was. So what's the solution when I have all these lies and evil committee in my head? Well, I need to, I need truth. I need lots of truth and I probably need it 20, 40 times a day. And luckily reading the Bible, there's a bunch of truth in it. And it'd be easy for me to say when I got there, reading it every day, it sunk in, it did not. Um, I, I kept doing it because I seen what others had become and they said that was their way. So I kept doing it, you know, it took a while and it's crazy because this book is so easy to read and the instructions are real easy, but with me internalizing everything, I make it complicated. I am the problem inside my head is the problem. So now I'm, you know, I've gotten clean. I'm a part of this community because I'm there. I don't, I don't truly feel like I am a part of it. I still have a bunch of, uh, um, you know, terrible beliefs, like self-defeating beliefs, like uh, perceived perfectionism, fear of rejection, self-blame, hopelessness, worthlessness. Um, um, one, one, two of the big self-defeating beliefs I had were spotlight fallacy, which is talking to, talking to people feels like I have to perform under a bright spotlight on a stage. If I don't impress people by being witty or smart, they won't like me. And then bushfire fallacy, which is people are all clones who all think alike. If one looks down on me, it will spread like wildfire and no one will like me. So, you know, I didn't trust myself. I didn't trust other people. Um, like I said, my identity was very lost. But when I was able to realize that if, if I can trust other people, so like trusting the counselors to come in every day, um, if I trust that they're going to come in every day, maybe I can slowly sink that into. I can just trust myself to come every day, have an open mind and stuff like that. So it, uh, yeah, it was definitely tough. I do remember um, a lot of stuff at the house I didn't I didn't trust. So I remember John Ruby coming in one day saying, um, uh, there's people praying for you every day. And I'm like, yeah, he's just saying that. And then uh, 
I reached a year sobriety last month and um, Colleen comes up to me, John's mom, and says, I'm so glad that you came here. I was praying for you every day. And in my head, the evil committee is like, these people had this elaborate plan a long time ago to lie to me. You know, this is all, this is the end result. Because um, like I said, I don't trust things. I internalize way too much. But then it's just like, I waste so much time and so much effort and I stress myself out um, in doing that. And uh, so I just, I just chose to believe it. Um, and then, um, you know, like I was starting to be able to be trusted with things at the house. Um, people telling me I'm a part of this community, people wanting to talk to me. One of the big things of community that I need, it's not just the serious aspect of it. Like, yes, I need to be held accountable. I need to be able to say to someone this is how I'm feeling, but I also just need people to see me and say hello. Like I need the little things as much as I need the big things because uh, I never really had that before. Um, like even now when I meet people, like I remember someone asked me if I wanted to uh, do the camera at church and I, I remember or they asked me like have you ever done this before and I'm like no and I had to I had to say like you know in my past I would steal these things and it's like a lot of times when people invite me into a community I feel like I have to have this precursor of I've done this and I've done that so if uh so will you still accept me but um if there's one thing the community I'm a part of now has taught me is that most people don't care like they laugh about it but uh my past is my past um and another big thing about the community I'm in, which is great, um, is God is in the center of it, right? Because if I'm, if I'm in the center of it, well, I'm just going to go down where I was before, which uh, by the grace of God, I'm still here today because honestly, I should have been dead 10 times over. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's weird because like I, I, I always wanted to be a part of one community and, and, feel, and feel like that. But now I'm a part of multiple communities. A lot of them are intertwined. A lot of them cross over to each other. Um, you know, but all my fears before don't stop me from being a part of things. And it's really good to be a part of something that is bigger than myself. Because I used to think to myself I was all that. Um, but, you know, definitely wasn't. Um, yeah, it's, uh, another good thing about community is that, you know, I don't gotta lie about when things are going wrong. Unfortunately, I've been reminded lately of the community I'm in, you know, if you go back out and you go use again, you're not cut off. That contract is not null and void. You know, it's sad that I've had to see some people go through that, but there's a lot of joy come in to see um, them be welcomed back. And uh, yeah, so it uh, community is good. And I mean, when I came to Jericho, I, I was reading the Bible. That was part of my thing. But um, church was, church was, uh, was very awkward for me at first. It was a it was a community that seemed too good to be true. People always like, hey, how you doing? Just everyone's all happy. It was very, very weird. Um, and then, you know, I remember one day I didn't go and um, someone asked somebody else, oh, how's Jordan? Jordan isn't here today. And in my head, I got very upset because 
I thought like, like they think I'm doing bad, you know, like how dare they think I'm doing bad, but they were just wondering where I was. Like I said, it's that committee in my head thinking all these, all these things like that. Um, it's, uh, it's weird. I, I, I lost my mom, my grandma, my family, my own community. I've gained a lot more. And, um, you know, this community and, uh, Definitely conscious contact with God every day it keeps me sober. Um, crazy thing is I have a lot going on in the community I'm in, but because I'm sober, that's why I have a lot going on and it gets done. And it's uh, it's, it's just very good to be seen because I would hide so long. And um, I even remember um, I started doing writing. You know, I love writing. Um, speaking, I, I, like I said, like if you ask anyone at the treatment center I went to, uh, if I talked to you, my head was down. I did not make eye contact of any sort. So I remember getting this weird idea one day to offer to speak something I wrote, you know, and uh, got very, very nervous, you know, and I even got nervous before doing this speak, just speaking, but when I get, when it gets reinforced that the communities I'm a part of are understanding and they listen and stuff like that, it, it helps. I mean, that fear goes away. 